Thank you for tuning into another episode of She Laughs, a podcast dedicated to bringing you honest and transparent viewpoints in this daily faith journey. Now join with me as we listen to T and Crystal discuss the latest. Hey everyone, it's your girl Crystal. Everybody, everyone, it's Tanisha. And welcome back to another episode of She Laughs. Yes. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I'm sure you did. (laughs) I'm sure you did. Uh, but as always, guys, we're gonna talk about how we feeling this week. So, T, how you feeling, girl? Um, I don't know. It's another I don't know week. <laughs> I've been in my head a lot this week. Um, which uh, to me isn't bad. Um, it can get bad if I allow it to get bad, but it hasn't gotten too bad. Um, I've pulled myself out quite a bit on some days, and some days I have not. Um. But other than that, for the most part, I am okay. I'm not going to say um, it was too bad because it most definitely could have been worse. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm doing out pretty good. Okay. It could be better. but <laughs> hey, One day at a time. One day at a time. <sighs> so how am I doing? Uh, how can I put this, guys? I am busy and I am trying to fight the busyness. I've been wanting to have days where I can lay in my bed and then I lay in my bed and I'm like, Ooh, I'm high schedule. (laughs) So your girl, I say all that to say your girl is busy and, um, that can be exhausting on some days as I get back used to the busyness, uh, that God has me in, in this season, um, the level. And when I say busyness, I mean the level of discipline. Right. Right. And stuff. Um, so that's how I'm, feeling if you've ever had to work out muscles and you haven't used them in a time in a while sometimes it takes you a minute to work the rust off (laughs) of your joints before you can get up and going and I feel like this last week God has been like I need you to shake the rust off Mm, because I need you to be um on point right so that's how I've been feeling guys um, and it's exciting, but it's, it's, it's just sometimes when God reveals stuff to you, your mind can get exhausted just by from what you have to do. Very you true. ain't even done it yet. So there you have it. There you have it. That's very true. <sighs> so quotables. <laughs> interwebs. <laughs> Y'all, we got them for you. So, T, you want to start or you want me to start? Yeah, I actually have one this week. Look at God. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys follow um, Kev on stage um, on all social media platforms. He's hilarious. You really should. Um, but I think it was last week he posted where um, he ran out of tartar sauce. So, he goes to the refrigerator and he gets mayo and he gets relish. And he's like, this is not tartar sauce. <laughs> and I just want to agree that it that's not tartar sauce. Oh um, I know we know that those are the main components of it, but that's not tartar sauce. But I guarantee <laughs> you what the problem was. In every black household, we have sweet relish in our refrigerator. Got some in my fridge right now. Not dill relish. Oh, yeah. No, yes, black know. people. There's a difference. <laughs> Dill relish actually has the sour tart to it. Sweet relish is sweet. sweet. <laughs> so in tartar sauce, 
the tartar <laughs> comes from the dill that's in the dill relish. So, Kev, that's probably why your tartar sauce wasn't good. Because you used sweet relish instead of dill relish. Amongst other seasonings, but I guarantee you, you probably use sweet relish. With no dill in there. Yes, because we don't, as Buffy, we don't. Because no. we put sweet relish in things like potato salad. Tuna fish salad. Um, yep. Any kind of tuna or chicken salad we make, we put that in there. Um, even on hot dogs, we yeah. really don't use dill relish on hot dogs. Mm-mm. We sweet relish. Sweet on so, everything. Sweet, sweet. Yes. Um, I guarantee, I mean, I, I used probably the first time you have heard, there's another relish? Yes. Yes. I get Go to the grocery store in the aisle. You're going to see dill relish d-i-l-l and then there's sweet relish so i thought that was absolutely hilarious <laughs> like i could hear the anger <laughs> it is with, so this is not tartar sauce oh i imagine the face he made as he <laughs> bit into the mayo with the sweet relish it was like oh god this is not <laughs> what i was looking for <laughs> so that is my quotable for the day oh man all right, y'all. Well, my quotable for the day, if you have not followed Megan McGlover, McGlover. It's Megan. Megan. Oh, see? I done messed up her name. It's Megan McGlover. Auntie Megan McGlover. That's why I call her auntie, because she is literally an auntie for our generation. Um, I strongly suggest you do so. <laughs> if you follow me on social media, I'm always sharing either her or Sharday Martin. Because I just love them. They're the truth. They, 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 100% facts. Okay. So, Auntie Megan said, and I'm paraphrasing, but you need to go and look at this video. And she said, Sweethearts, we do not have time. Everything shouldn't trigger you. It's your lack of emotional insecurity. And at this time, we are at war and we now no longer have time to deal with you and hold you by the hand anymore. Go get therapy and deal with it. Y'all, when I say I'm paraphrasing, because it was about a two minute video and she put it up on Juneteenth. So that should let you know. I shared it and I added her and I said, Auntie Megan. Did you have to snatch our wigs on Juneteenth? Yes, because some people need it. <laughs> and she responded, y'all, and she said, this is the best day for it. <laughs> so, y'all go follow her. She is literally letting us know this season that we are in, guys. We are at war as a people, as a culture. Uh, we are at war with racism. Not America. Not white brothers and sisters. We are at war with racism. I need y'all to understand that. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so in this season, we do not have time for the triggers and the issues that you refused in seasons past to deal with. Not that you couldn't deal with it. You You just didn't want to. They were too tiring. They took too much. I don't have time. I'll just, ooh, why did we just said this stuff? I'll just grit my teeth and bear it. No. 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 Nope. In two seasons before, we could have coddled you. We could have held your hand. This season... Auntie Megan said, if you was a child in the street, I would snatch you. 
I wouldn't ask you to come here because I see a bus coming. I'm going to snatch you out the street. I'm going to snatch you. It's going to be rough. You're in a snatching season. So go get you some therapy and deal with it. That's my quote. All right. (laughs) You need therapy and uh, the proper way to make tartar sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into our topic. T, what are we discussing this week? Um, We are talking about spiritual abuse. Um, This is the term that, well, okay, this is a term that not many black people in the church have heard. No. Uh, we have been accustomed to the phrase church hurt. Um, but if you think about it and you break down everyone's situation or story behind church hurt, and I use the air quotes because some of y'all didn't experience church hurt, what you experienced were um, repercussions to your actions, but that's neither here nor there. Accountability. Um, Okay. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of us haven't really understood or heard that phrase or know exactly what it means. So we are going to break it down um, and give you some examples of that as well as where you can go for help because it is a big issue. Yes, it is. So let's talk about what exactly is spiritual abuse. And I love the way that this one person defined it. Um in their article, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. It's an article by Mackenzie Kingdon. Um, And what she said was, spiritual abuse is a type of abuse that results from a spiritual leader, system, or indoctrinated individuals attempts to control and or manipulate another individual. That's what that is. Um, I would further say it does not have to be a leader. No, it could be anyone that you deem as more um, knowledgeable in religion than you. Yes. So oftentimes when we learn about uh, religion or faith um, or anything about spirituality, we're learning it from our parents, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles. Um, and then the leaders in the church. Yes. So usually when you're dealing with church hurt, i.e. spiritual abuse and its true form, it may come from any of those forms. Um, if you're older, when you move to another church, it might be just the latter. So the leaders of the church, the deacons, the ushers, Whoever is um, in a position of necessarily authority, or as T said, someone that you feel like is more knowledgeable um, on doctrine and um, the word than you are. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing that we want to get out of there. So I also have another definition of it. Um, is uh, psychological abuse and emotional abuse. That's what spiritual abuse is. It's administered under the guise of religion, including harassment or humiliation, which may result in psychological trauma. Yes. Y'all. <laughs> so. Seriously, this is a huge topic. And I know some of y'all are like, 
Oh, that's a lot. That's big. It's abuse. So it's, it's going to be big. It abuse. really is. It's, it's, it's another form of emotional abuse. Yes. That does have trauma attached to it. Um, and a lot of y'all have experienced this, but you don't want to admit it. No. And Which is why a lot of people have an issue with the church. Yes. Because they have encountered spiritual abuse. That's why you get upset when people talk about Jesus, this, that, and the third. Because you yourself have experienced spiritual abuse. So it is a thing. Yeah. But we would rather say, um, oh, I just don't believe in God or I don't believe in Jesus or I don't like what Christians represent. Instead of understanding you experience abuse. You were yes. abused. There's nothing wrong with, with saying that. So, and here's the thing. If you, the longer you don't acknowledge it, the more time you give the enemy um, authority over it to use as a tool and a tactic of his. Right. So when you, so for some of you, especially I'm going to speak to my church hoppers that are hopping from church to church to church. It's usually not that that church isn't a good thing, good fit for you, but something that someone said triggered an old church hurt issue. Yes. And because it looked like that, instead of examining the root of it. Yes. And where it is coming from, because it looked like you jumped to another church because you said, I'll never experience that again, where it could be that you're not experiencing it now. But because you refuse to deal with it. Yeah. But so, like we do, we just talked about that. Get you some counseling. Yes. It's, so you can fix all these triggers yes. all the time. Yes. Yes. It's time to fix. It's time to heal, guys. So um, what are some characteristics T, of um, spiritual abuse? Oh. Um, hold on. I have to go back to my little, my little article. So, thought you had those. Um, oh, I got some too. Yeah, you have some. Well, you go okay. first. We'll go with yours first. All right. So, um, just reading. Um, and I, I the reason a lot of this stuff that T and I we know, but some of these people have worded it way better than what I could, and so I suggest that you go and read a lot of their articles. And so I am reading from an art article by CommonGrace.org um, that. Um, this lady, Erica Hammonds wrote, um, and it's um, part two, the characteristics of spiritual abuse. And so here are a long list of things. So first, um, someone that is um, spiritual abusers often exploit the doctrine of our fallenness, of our fallenness to accuse, berate, critique, attack, belittle, condemn, or produce guilt in the victim. They may cultivate or take advantage of their victim's consciousness in regards to moral matters in order to make them feel like the real problem is the victim's inferior inferior spirituality. They may make the victim feel like the only reason things aren't better is because the victim is immature. Mm -hmm. That's a lie. Um, they may exploit the doctrine uh, to excuse or minimize the severity of their own behavior. So they may try to convince the victim that since everyone is sinful, their abuse is normal and they shouldn't expect anything different. Hmm. 
they may also exploit the doctrines of forgiveness and reconciliation uh, to demand that a victim forgive the abuse, even if there has been no real repentance. Uh, they may pressure them to move on with um, any ongoing hurts. And they also may demand that forgiveness equate to the restoration of all the previous conditions of the relationship, including contact, communication, and trust. Let me explain something to you guys. Forgiveness does not mean that you have to reconcile to the point of things going back like it was before. Yeah. Forgiveness means reconciliation, but reconciliation does not mean reinstatement. There, there you go. There you go. And stuff. You you don't have to reinstate anyone to a former position. No. Um, so they also will use busyness, stress, or pressures of the ministry to excuse abuse. They could blame outbursts, aggression, physical violence, or the pressures of ministry, um, making the victim feel like they can't critique the abuse without also critiquing a valuable ministry. That is a lie. Yeah. God does not. <laughs> he, you are not so uh, gifted that God excuses your abusive nature. Very true. Okay. That's you. That's your flesh. You need to come out of it because he's not going to cause you to go into an outburst. Right. And for some of you that say, well, he flipped over tables. Here's the thing. He used restraint in flipping over those tables. Because he, he, he could have. Did. He could have did, did a lot worse. <laughs> Okay, so so that is the real moral of that is how much restraint that he held back when he could have snapped his fingers like Thanos and just said, this whole building is gone and everyone in it. Um, also, they may use the Bible to justify abusive behavior and insinuate or explicitly state that if the victim understands the Bible differently, the difference of opinion is actually a product of sin. That's a lie. Hmm. Okay. Uh, they may use their sophisticated knowledge of the Bible to position themselves outside of the teaching and authority of church leaders. So there you have it. They do not like accountability. No. So if you even go and read and say, well, when I read the Bible, they didn't say it that way. This is not what it says. They'll probably either one call you incompetent. Right. Or say, well, I'm outside of that now because of my gifting and my calling and all of that. That No, their gifting and their calling does not pull them outside of the word of God. Um, So they may use the Christian community to protect the abuser and isolate the victim. The abuser may make himself uh, vital to significant ministries in turn, making the victim feel responsible for their possible collapse if they revealed the abuse. The abuser might paint themselves as a long-suffering or patiently enduring partner of an erratic or dramatic or emotional woman or child, undermining the victim's credibility while it's underscoring theirs. So they'll make you seem like you're the crazy one. That's called gaslighting. Thank you. Oh, whoo. Ooh, there's a lot of gaslighting that be going on. Yes. They just, spiritual abuse does a lot yeah. of gaslighting. They'll say, I don't know what spirit it is that they've come yes, up under. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know what demon that is. Absolutely. All the while knowing that they've been on the yes. other side. Gaslighting just, and spiritual abuse yes. go hand in hand. Yes, Lord. 
Um, they'll lie to the victim about how they are regarded by the Christian community. So they'll isolate them from possible sources of support. Uh, they will isolate the, their victims socially, making excuses why the victim cannot participate in social or spiritual gatherings and limit their access to either information or support. Now, all of these things, it could be all of these things. It could be some of these things. OK, so don't think that they have to check off every single box. If they even doing one thing on here. Right. It's a form of spiritual abuse. Uh, appeal to the work of evil spirits as explanations for the victim's accusations or behavior. Like I told y'all, oh, it's that spirit and everything. I, I sense that spirit on them heavy and stuff. And it, it was never a spirit. It's just you being abusive. Thank you. Um, uses Bible passages about generosity to justify controlling the victim's access to money uses passages about faithfulness and marriage to justify limiting their social life, uh, uses Bible passages about rebuking to justify verbal abuse, uses Bible passages about sexuality to justify rape and sexual assault, as well as using Bible passages about unity to justify silencing the victim. Yes. All of those and even more, guys. That that is those that, are those are big characteristics. Yes. yes, the ones I have are actually very similar. Um, and it's only four of them, but they all fit into everything you just said. Um, spiritual abusers are often well liked, yes. so they are the charming people in public. They have all the smiles. They have all. The likes on social media, um, people seem, seem to trust them a lot. But behind closed doors, there's a whole other side of them that the world does not see. Um, spiritual abuse thrives in private. So that's where that um, harassment comes into play. Um, the emails, uh, text messages, um, DMs, things like that. They're not going to berate you in public. No, they're always going to do it in private. Um, that's their way of keeping control and containing what they say. Mm -hmm. um, not a lot of people are going to um, disagree with them. Now, there have been cases where um, one or two other people may be there with that person, but they are most definitely that person's amen corner. Mm -hmm. And they also are dealing with that same spiritual abuse. And they're under as well and don't realize it. Um, another one is spiritual abuse twists truth and upholds power. Mm. So the same thing you were saying about using scriptures to um, manipulate. manipulate and twist basically to gain control over what you want to do and how you see things or how things should be done. That's the same thing. And the last one is... Um, Spiritual abuse speaks before asking. So they need that attention and that control. Yes. And they feel that. Here's the big thing. They to them was people. Those people who, who are spiritual abusers think silence equals honor. Mm. Yes. And that's a big thing that they want you to understand. You're supposed to honor me, especially if they are a, an authoritative figure. If they are a, po a pastor, an apostle, a bishop, or whatever. Yep. To them, you being silent is the way you honor them. And that is yes. not 
what honor is. You can't question them about anything. Yes. Don't ask no questions. I said what I said. Don't ask for no revelation. It, it, Don't it, ask for it's no explanation. Done. I said what I said. You should have been um, paying attention and you should be in agreement. And anything other than that is uh, a spirit of rebellion. Yes. <laughs> Child. No, it's, it's a, not. I just want clarification. Can I just ask for clarification? Yeah, it's it's the spirit of rebellion. Anything other than you saying yes, sir, <laughs> <laughs> or yes, ma'am, and doing whatever they ask you to do. Oh Lord! So yeah. So how then can what what can we do about it? Or have you seen examples of spiritual abuse? Or have you even experienced? Oh, I've experienced spiritual abuse. Definitely. Um, I've experienced and I've watched other people experience where you have a conversation with the pastor and the next Sunday he has now used that conversation as an example for his sermon. For his sermon. <laughs> That's his way of calling you out. Yeah. Um, publicly underhandedly. Uh, yes, because they're not they're never they'll never use your name, oh, right? Jesus. Um but verbatim whatever the and it could be something very simple um as a disagreement more than likely. And the next day they're going to talk about rebellion and spiritual attacks and the Lord using people to cut it, it, I I've seen that yeah. firsthand. Yeah. Verbatim. Um, another thing I've seen or experienced is um, the manipulation of how you should learn the Bible. Yes. Come on with it. I know exactly where you're going. Come on. I have seen and witnessed in um, like Bible studies how you had to learn this scripture. And if you didn't, you didn't get whatever snack or treat. Are you serious? I'm Hold serious. on. I'm sorry. I thought I knew where you were <laughs> no. going and I did not... What? I've seen this it. is crazy to I've me. Seen it. Yes. Oh, okay. All yes, right. One hundred percent. I've seen it. So yes, <sighs> I have. I have witnessed a lot of spiritual abuse in the church. Lord help us. The the and to them, the, it's a it's a sense of well, um, you should be eager to learn. Um, and anyone that isn't, again, it's that spirit of rebellion. Yeah. And you don't understand that you're being used by the enemy right now to not want it, to. It's, it's a way it's, it's really, really small uh, and docile how they do it to make you think, well, uh, the devil must be using me because I'm not learning this or I'm not retaining this. Yes, that's I, I have seen that. Here's the other thing, people. Um, sometimes we can experience spiritual abuse, especially when we feel inferior in our spiritual walk. The enemy will use that inferiority yes, feeling. Um, I've had moments where I was would think, well, maybe I don't know as much because they're in their Bible. I know at least two and three hours a day. Right. And they pray every day. And I don't even... I remember at the time, I'm like, man, Lord, I'd be happy if I even think to pray once a week and everything. Right, like, right. You know, we've all been there as we grew in our walk. And so now you're like, 
well, maybe, Lord, I don't hear you the mm-hmm. way they do. Maybe Sister Soldier over here got yes. a special line to you. And so maybe I need to listen to you, to them. Or here's another way you'll experience um, spiritual abuse. If they start prophesy- prophesying to you the things that they already know about you. Yes, that is manipulation. Absolutely, 100%. That is a form of spiritual abuse. No, ma- no, ma'am, sir of God, sir, ma'am. Uh, uh-uh. uh. That's not. That's not what we do. And um, the way Stevenson said it, if I got an issue with you, God is not talking to me about you. Shoot, he's not. Cause I, I, he can't deal with my heart issue and my heart posture. He got to deal with that first before he can tell me the secret things about you to help you out. Right. So we got to, we got to deal with this, um, healing. Um, have I experienced spiritual abuse? Uh, I would say yes. Um, in a different sense. And I think honestly, the abusers didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. Once again, talking about, um, how you learn the Bible, Growing up sometimes in families, especially in the black community, we just assume that if I took you to church, you knew it. Yeah, yeah, we do. So now I am gauging your behavior and your actions. And when you do something that I deem immoral mm-hmm. and I'm taking you to church all day, I assume, well, you should know this. So why are you acting this way? It must be the enemy. No, you didn't have a conversation with me. Right. You did not t- really teach me. You didn't teach me. Um, another is if I questioned, um, if I questioned like certain scriptures, well, with this one, it wasn't really a spiritual abuse. I actually had some really good people around me at this time, um, in my life, but there was a time where if I asked questions, people would look at me retarded that I even asked the question in the first place. Right. You didn't know. Well, you should know already. Yeah, that's not how this works. Um, You actually, especially as children, um, when you are teaching children and bringing children up in the faith, whatever your faith or your belief system is, you actually need to sit down and talk with them and teach them. Taking them to church and letting them sit in Sunday school or Sabbath school is not teaching them. So... All of this, well, I raised them up in the church. Did you? No, they did. You know why? They expected the church to do the raising for them. Child, no. No. They expected the Sunday school to be the person to give you your, your lesson, which they do. But it should be seen in the home. So, but then what happens is later on, when the child... Or person does something that goes against your spiritual beliefs. Now, all of a sudden, you want to cry that they're a demon. Hmm. Or they're rebellious. Or the enemy done got a hold on a hold of them. Or they just out there in the world. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. I mean, that's that's literally what we do. And stuff. But you, you, I, uh, dear God, help us. <laughs> because instead of us actually loving and and just being lo- an example or a Christ representative, we think of the Great Commission yes. first and only. 
with and those that don't know what I'm talking about, the Great Commission being go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. So as Christians, we only think when I encounter you, Crystal, my job is simply the Great Commission. <laughs> and that's it. N- no love, no, no, no catch this word, relationship. Uh-oh. No relationship. As I fall out. Because of Christ is about relationship. And in that relationship comes change. Yes. But we don't do that. But we don't do that. We just hit you over the head with scriptures that you need to know and dissect everything about your life and your ways and how you aren't doing this right and you're not doing this right and you should get this right because, Lord, help me. I'm concerned with your soul. Yes, Father. And it's like. Christ is looking at you like you don't even love them. So how much concern do you have for their soul? It is a very do as I say and not as I do mindset. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Um, Now, for some, it is literally they are warped with the idea. I just love your soul so much and I just want to do and everything. And then that's one view. And then you got others who are very narcissistic. Yes. Okay. And just want you as a puppet. Yes. Okay. Um, you're not an armor bearer. You're their help. Yes. You're their you are slave. The okay. So honor me. Um, I'm on this platform because if they were outside the church, they wouldn't have no real platform to stand on. Right. So therefore, since I'm in the church and I know more scripture than you, now you got to honor me because I got more word in me than you do. Yep. And so I'll use it as a badgering tool to remind you of how ignorant you are and keep you in your shame and your condemnation. That is a tactic of the enemy. Yes. Um, And that's what I mean, especially when we're talking about children, because we will tell them, shut up, do as I say, not as I do. And then when they start to ask questions, because I remember as a young girl asking questions, well, why do we do it like this? Well, why do we do it like that? And some of my questions were answered and others, they were just like, we ain't got time for that today. I ain't answering mm-hmm. your question. Um, and so you have to be cognizant of the fact. And I really implore anybody who's listening to this, ask yourself a question. Have I been spiritually abusive? Right. Not just have you been spiritually abused, but have you have been, you been abusive? Have in, you been abusive? You know, um, Whereas there are times where because you were annoyed or you didn't want to have conversations because really guys, when it boils down to it, in order to make a disciple, you have to have relationship. Like T said, and that means conversations that flow naturally. Mm -hmm. Not as if you were a professor at a university saying, this is the information you either get it or you get on. Yes. And that's and that is why I said that if most Christians are only considered or concerned with the Great Commission, they literally just want to be your instructor, and that's it. Yes. But Christ also said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That was a big one. And you got to love yourself first. And that's why they don't want to focus on relationship because the relationship takes a level of vulnerability from both both sides. Yes. And if I'm struggling with being vulnerable with my own self and my own salvation, how can I be vulnerable with you? Can't be. There's no way you can be. 
And then I would look at that person and say, well, if you can't be vulnerable with others, you aren't vulnerable with Christ. There's no way you are. Not at all. Not at all. Because if you were, he would have fixed all this in you. There would have been some level of of, of healing or, or deliverance in that. But what we as Christians do, and here's another way you can tell, is because we'll go out and we'll say we're making disciples, but the moment that it takes too much effort, and I mean it takes more than a month for this person to change. Yeah. We out. Now we they, put a time limit. They, we, we like, they okay, should have changed Lord, by God, now. It's, it's, you, you fix them because I can't help it. I can't do it. Yep. And God is like, it's been literally 30 days. I mean, you ain't all the way there yourself. I, I'm trying to tell you and everything, but you won't allow God to work that muscle out of you. So you can't allow God to work that muscle out in them. I mean, guys, come on. We got to do better. We yes. have got to do better, especially in this time. That is why the church is not at the forefront of the movement now. And we are seeing so many leaders that are being sat down. Yes. And a lot of them have been doing spiritual abuse. Yes. That manipulation and that humiliation and the twisting of scripture to get done what you want done. Yes. And we are get, we are seeing it. We are seeing it. Especially when you get to, Lord help me. Somebody's like, not going to like this. <laughs> but especially when you get to the whole spiritual father and spiritual mother aspect <sighs> of it. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. The problem comes in where you automatically assume that your leader is supposed to be your spiritual father. No. Or they make you feel like they're automatically supposed to be your spiritual father or mother. No, that's not how that works. No. Your your spiritual father or mother does not have to be the leader of the church. Also, your spiritual father or mother should not be sleeping with you. Yeah, that's that's a big one too. That's that's it. Okay, they should not. No, sorry, you shouldn't be sleeping together outside of marriage. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> for those of you, I'm just those are the biggest culprits of spiritual abuse. Yes. Those that are in. That mentor, um, armor bearer, arm position, armor bearer position, spiritual father, spiritual mother, y'all are at at higher risk because a lot of times, and I have seen it, mm-hmm. I have seen it, I have witnessed someone who was an armor bearer taking care of their leaders, and the leaders literally looking at them like, "Why is my plate late? Why is my plate cold?" Yep. Where is my water? Why aren't you doing this? And I was like, are they your armor bearer or your slave, baby? This is this is 2020. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Yep. Because I can honor your position and still have a mind of my own. Right. Still not play hop and fetch it. Right. I don't mind going to get you some water, but I mean my my lord. Right. I mean, you, yeah, this is you too high and mighty now. I don't want to have to get my own anything. I'm going to sit here and everything brought to me. And that's really how some of them act. Yes. Yes. 100 percent 
So be prepared. And right now, I know there's one leader's church that has been in uproar lately. Be prepared to see quite a few more um, black and white churches alike that are going to be set down because God is tired. He is tired. Um, We have seen it with the... uh, Gathering Church. Is it the Gathering Oasis? Uh, Yes, Gathering Oasis Church. Uh, We are seeing right now, and guys, uh, a year ago, you could not have told me they would have been in, in, in the news the way they are. <laughs> in church news. <laughs> you, you would not have been able to tell me. Now, I'll be honest, I have felt in my spirit for a while that something was off, but there has never been any Issues, speculations, none of that. And to hear this coming up now in this season Hmm. of spiritual abuse in the church, uh, Jezebel and and Ahab spirits running amok in the church, y'all need to be very discerning. Be very discerning of um, not only the people in the pews around you, but the people that are supposed to be your shepherds. Yep. So T. Um, I have a book that you guys can read about spiritual abuse. Um, and if you'll type it in crystal, cause I forgot to wrote right down the daggone Arthur of it. Okay. But the name or the title of the book is suffering. In the heart of God. Okay. And who's that one by? Uh, it is Suffering and the Heart of God, How Trauma Destroys and Christ Restores by Diane Langberg. Okay. And then the next one is entitled When Narcissism Comes to the Church. Healing your community from emotional and spiritual <laughs> abuse. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at her face. <laughs> I mean, uh, we don't talk about narcissism enough, uh, but that is by Chuck DeGroat. Okay. Um, yes, when narcissism comes to the church. Yeah, I'm, with that, I'm a. I'm just briefly going to list some things about narcissism. Let me let me get that up for y'all. Um, what narcissism looks like because that is really um what church hurt stems from is that narcissistic spirit <clears throat> so give me uh give me give me give me give me give me give me just a second <laughs> give me just a second because um gaslighting is a is a major thing of a narcissist yes and then the, the spiritual abuse doesn't always doesn't always Spiritual abuse is not limited just to church. Yeah. Like we said, you can deal with it in your marriage and you can deal with it um, in your relationship with your parent. So it's not just the church. If you feel like you, you not having the ability to question anything about your religion or religious practices to anybody that you see or deem, like we said, maybe, more um, advanced in it than you, that's a problem. Yeah. Because followers of Christ were always asking him. His disciples asked him questions all the time. His name was teacher. 
Christ's name was teacher in the Bible. They called him rabbi a lot. Yes. Which simply means teacher. And I mean, the way to teach is to ask questions and get answers. So if you feel that you can't do that, that's a problem. And that is a sign of spiritual abuse, especially if they make you seem like you can't. Mm -hmm. Now, if you feel that you can't, but they actually have no problems then you're good. But if they have, are, are always making you feel like Crystal said, dumb for asking questions, Mm-hmm. Or if they make you feel like you're causing problems when you're asking questions, that's a problem in and of itself. Yes, You should be able to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. That's why we say it's about relationship, not just making disciples, not just the Great Commission. Through relationship comes intimacy. And then you can ask those questions and you can be vulnerable enough to open your heart and your ears to the answers that, as they come. So. It's not just limited in the four walls of the church. You can definitely experience it other ways and in other relationships. But the predominant way you see is in the church. And it is with leadership. And it is with positions as, like we said, armor bearers or spiritual mother and spiritual father. Or, like I said, um, higher up leadership, your pastors, your bishops, people like that who have a very high sense of narcissism, wanting things to be about them and securing who they are. Um, that that's where you're going to see a lot of that spiritual abuse. Yes. And like some of the things that I said, uh, signs of narcissism, which goes hands in hand with spiritual abuse is they're hypercritical. They refuse to communicate. They ignore or exclude you. Uh, they have unreasonable jealousy, false accusations. They're extremely moody. Um, withdrawal of affection, guilt trips, uh, destroy or threaten your possessions. Uh, they domination and control, um, constant calling or texting, um, and then also ignoring your feelings or preferences guys, just, just the amount of, and of abuse that could go on. And we think, and one of the ways that we as Christians, uh, feed into and allow this type of behavior to go on in the church is because we think that this doesn't exist in the church. Yeah. Right. We think, well, God is here and everybody is here to love. Let me tell you something. Demons believe in God. Yes. And they will come directly in the church. Yes. They want to destroy it. Jezebel comes into the church all the time to cause chaos, destruction, and division. Yes. And stuff, and if you don't go ahead and address it when you see it come in the door, which I have seen witches come into churches. Yep, have experienced that. I have experienced that. I've seen it. They have come right on in and sat there just as you please and would not move. Yes, ma'am. Just to see if you would cast them out the door. So don't be scared when you see this going on in the church. Address it. So that demon can flee. And I'm not talking about the individual because that individual also needs to be healed. Yes. Because for you to have that level of narcissism, for you to go to that level of spiritual abuse, that means there's something in you that is broken. So let's heal that. 
So I'm going to give you um, some numbers also. If you yourself are dealing with, um, these are actually domestic and family violence support services, um, which can also go hand in hand with spiritual abuse. Um, so if you see signs of it or you yourself are dealing with it, um, here are some of some hotlines for you to call. So Women's in Distress operates a 24-hour crisis hotline. That number is 954-761-1133. And then the Men's Hotline Crisis um, number is one 724 7240 Okay. Um, so if you need help, if you're in a crisis, if you need some emotional assistance, please call those numbers. And don't think that because you're dealing with spiritual abuse that you shouldn't call those numbers. It's abuse. Like, like, like I just read it. Emotional abuse, psychological abuse, spiritual abuse is in there. So those type of things you need help with because though they don't show in the form of bruises, they can ha- capture and get a hold of your life and keep you stagnant in relationships, not just um, intimate relationships, being um, partners and friends, but work relationships as well. That type of abuse will mess with your life. Yes. Seriously and literally. So, yes, please use this information and get the help that you need because you're, you're going to need counseling. <laughs> yes. Spiritual abuse is no joke. And to those that are dishing it out, be prepared to sit down in this season. Oh, Lord. Yes, Lord. With that being said, T, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Facebook at Tanisha Williams and Instagram is Styles by Tanisha J. And as always, guys, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Crystal Charmaine and on Instagram at I am Crystal Charmaine. Until next time, we're praying for you. Yes. Um, Please, please, please keep your own self covered in this season in prayer. Um, And just know we love you. Yep. Thanks again for listening. We hope that you were blessed by today's discussion. To keep up with the latest on the She Lands podcast, be sure to subscribe on most major streaming platforms. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you feel led to donate, please send donations to paypal.me forward slash she laughs. And don't forget to send us your questions as well. We'd love to hear from you. As always, stay blessed.